Unas 200 personas se reunieron afuera del Hotel Four Seasons de la Ciudad de México esperando la llegada del músico británico Paul McCartney, quien ofrecerá un par de conciertos en el Foro Sol este jueves 27 de mayo a las 21 horas y el viernes 28 de mayo a la misma hora. If you really want me to do it, I will do it. Hola, bienvenidos a esta semana when they was fab. Mi nombre es Ed Chen. And <laughs> I don't know if I can do that, Ed. This is Lonnie Pena. This is Lonnie Pena and the one well, who should be speaking Spanish, but <laughs> not. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're just having a little fun because, well, if you've been listening to this show for the past couple months, we are just back. Well, sort of just back, but a couple days back from Mexico City. Yeah, it's a big place. Let me tell you, there's probably, what, 20 million people in that area. What makes this place unique? It is the world's largest city at an elevation higher than 2,000 meters. With 21.2 million residents, it rivals New York City for the title of largest metropolis in the Americas. And it is one of the world's oldest continuously populated urban areas. We made it. We made it in. We made it out. <laughs> we made it through immigration and we were let back into the country, believe it or not. Yep. So we, we made it. It was, it's, it was an adventure. It's my first time, by the way, in Mexico City. It's beautiful. Well, other than just traveling through. We, we've been in the airport. This is the first time out of the airport for me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> we got brave and we did it, folks. My comment to Lonnie when we were in the airport was, you know, this looks more like a shopping mall than an airport. I know. It, it really it really does. It shops on either side all the way down, and there are really no sort of lounge areas for while you're waiting at your gate for your, the flight. The couches are all just sort of shoved in the middle of the hallway between between the stores on either side of you. Yeah, I mean, you can grab a drink, a soda, just before you get into the terminal. <laughs> That's how close these uh, stores are, the terminals. And if you're wondering why, well... As you all know, we are just in the Houston, Texas area, and Mexico City is really a very short flight for us. It's 
less than a couple hours. I was surprised about that. I thought it would be at least three hours, but it's it's not that far. It's a, It was an hour and 45 minutes, I believe, going down and then a little bit longer coming back. But uh, yeah, it was a, a pretty quick trip. We've both traveled more, both distance-wise and time-wise, in the United States to go and see Paul. It takes two hours just to get out of Texas in a plane. <laughs> that was our little adventure. We're going to talk a little bit about McCartney 2023. Paul has been in Australia. He's done Mexico City, and he is now sort of going to wind his way down South and Central America, and he's going to end um, mid-December. Six shows in Brazil. Hello, Paul McCartney here. Hey, I've got some good news. We're coming back to Brazil in November to play for you. Uh, every time I come to Brazil, I have great memories. I love coming there because you guys like to rock, sing, and party all at once. So we're really excited. We're going to be playing the Maracana Stadium, and we're going to finish the year with that show. So uh, that's going to be exciting. And I played the first time I came to Brazil, I played at the Maracana. So let's go. Let's have fun. And Brazil, let's have a great time. Brazil, Brazil. The 16th is like yeah. the last show, okay. I believe. And then what's after that? Has he announced any other U.S. tour, maybe, or U.K. tour? He's not announced what he's doing next. I mean, he's almost certainly going to take a break at that point. He deserves a break. He's, his shows are still three hours long. It's incredible. Two and a half plus of straight performance, and then there's you know another five or ten minutes where he actually goes through and plays the crowd a little bit. Well, I'm making go! Buenas noches, Ciudad de México. He, he has a single wardrobe change. <laughs> it's just basically taking his jacket off, folks. That's his wardrobe change. And now he makes a very big deal of actually taking a single sip of water. We'll mention it when we get to it. You will notice since Paul wanted to do not all, but most of his introductions in Spanish, he did not do some of his usual stories. I give him credit. His Spanish was pretty decent. Esta noche voy a tratar de hablar un poquito de español. Well, is it better than mine? Oh, yeah. And better than mine, too. <laughs> what he proves is that someone on his staff knows how to use Google Translate. Although, you know, Paul does actually know a little Spanish. He took Spanish in high school. Something I didn't do, apparently. <laughs> you remember in the oratorio, he's got that song, Tres Conejos in an Arbol. Tres Conejos en un Arbol in a tree playing the drum why yes why no why yes I have seen it cuando yo tiene 11 años en Inglaterra yo estudia español si ok Esta es español. Tres conejos en un árbol, tocando el tambor. Que sí, que no, que sí lo he visto yo. 
Very good, Ed. Again, continue to impress me there. (laughs) While Paul is certainly not fluent in Spanish, he can at least read the word and make some sense out of what he's saying. He makes a great effort, and you know, I think he succeeds. The arena, the stadium, it's a 65,000-seat stadium. It looks bigger, though. It really does. It's an open-air stadium. I guess the original purpose is for concerts or racing. It has a racetrack around it. Okay. It is certainly used for like a Grand Prix racing. Okay. Now, what else it's used for? Concerts are certainly held there frequently now. Well, there's a lot of concerts. I looked it up. You know, that was in Paul's first concert there. He played there in 93, November of 93. Uh, He played there again in what? Yeah, 2010, the up and coming tour. Third time playing at that venue. There's one other venue in Mexico City that's larger, that's like an 87,000-seat venue. So on our way into the stadium, the first thing we noticed, it was a literal tent city of people selling bootleg t-shirts. Oh, it was spilled out in the sidewalks. And then as you make your way into the initial parameter of the venue, uh, yeah, tent city. There was probably, what, four rows, two or three? Literally hundreds of tents, not counting the people who didn't have a tent and were just laid their wares out on the side, on the the street, just wherever they could find a couple feet of space. Yeah, and mind you, it was not the official stuff yet. You don't get to see the official merchandise until you're like almost at your seats. Once they ticket you, and that's when you start to see a few stands with original merchandise. And they make a point of letting you know, hey, this is the only place you can get official merchandise. But I could not believe the amount. It would be counterfeit or just unofficial merchandise. It's tons of stuff. It's certainly unofficial. Some of it is counterfeit because some of them are like direct copies of the actual tour shirts. There's a lot of them which are like... They found an image which they liked off the internet, although I don't know who this they is because the people selling the merchandise are definitely not the ones who produced it. You see the same t-shirts stand to stand. I mean, not every stand had exactly the same set, but there were selections which were clearly made by somebody else. Yeah, some were impressive. And then some were, like you just mentioned, just totally ridiculous. It was not the image of Paul McCartney. It looked like someone else. (laughs) There was one which definitely looked like the Beatlemania Paul McCartney, Mitch Weissman. It's like, (laughs) that's not Paul. No, certainly not. Uh, There were coffee mugs. There were hats. There were everything you can imagine, folks. Wristbands. Wristbands. The mugs were actually really cheap after the show if you wanted them. They They were selling, what, two mugs for... A couple hundred Mexican dollars or pesos, which is less than $10. I was surprised, though, that the official stuff was not actually very expensive. It was moderately priced. Well, it's the same $45 that it costs if you buy them here or you buy them through the McCartney store. Well, you know, I think the prices have gone up. Recently went to a Peter Gabriel concert. And the regular T-shirts were $65. I didn't buy one. That's crazy. $50 for a program. I didn't see McCartney programs. I saw on the internet there were some. They didn't sell them, but I would guess that they're just the same ones that we got last year. Okay. Maybe some slight additions for this year's trek around the world, but I can't imagine that they would have changed up the programs that much. 
Yeah. I really wanted that T-shirt with Dow and Then with the cassette on the front. But yeah. they didn't have your size. They didn't have my size. But you said you bought one, an official one. I bought the official one from the Beatles store. Well, have you got it yet? <laughs> I have not got it yet, okay. but I did get my CDs, so. Yeah, I got mine, too, over the weekend. I was happy about that. So finishing up on the T-shirts, we looked at them. A lot of them were actually surprisingly good quality. They were heavy ringer tees. They weren't just your normal sort of fall apart once after the wash. They felt good quality, whatever they were made of cotton or whatever. They felt pretty good. And then in addition to McCartney shirts, there were, of course, a lot of Beatles stuff. There was a number of now and then shirts. And then for some odd reason, there was the uh, Bob Gruen Lennon New York City shirt and a couple of different designs of Ringo Starr shirts we saw. Took advantage of the whole Beatles opportunity there. and They were selling various other merchandise with Beatles. And we're not planning on it, but Ringo did announce that he will be going to Mexico City next summer. He is touring again in 2024, so good on him. Yeah, we heard that on the radio and, and the shuttle going back to the airport. And they but, played Yellow Submarine. They, they played Yellow Submarine. Surprisingly, they have like a, I guess, like an 80s rock station there in Mexico City. Of course, the DJs are talking in, in Spanish, but the, all the music's from like the 70s and 80s, rock and roll music. There was an iHeart classic rock station that was broadcasting from inside the venue. That's right. So the show itself, as you say, it was two and a half hours. The show itself started a little after nine o'clock, like 10 minutes after nine. About 8.20, I would say, was when the DJ came on, you know, as per usual at McCartney shows. It was a little late show for me. I would like the show to start at least by eight, but that was a little later, right? The DJ started probably about 15, 20 minutes after eight. McCartney came on like 10 minutes after nine. Yeah. Nine was the time on the tickets, but for a rock show, that's still pretty much on time. Yeah. And they had the video before McCartney came out that was a 20 minute montage or a lodge of different things. It's a version of the thing that he's been doing for years. The, the video scrolling up. The one thing about the DJ, the DJ did manage to get a little bit of backseat of my car in there. Oh, yeah, that's right. He got a cheer from a lot of folks, including me. And he raised up his hand uh, in recognition of that when, when he played the Mexico City line. Yeah, that was cool. There are some new entries in the scroll film. Yeah, didn't you say the Brian Epstein was... Brian Epstein is new. The wings section was pretty much what we'd had before. and The Beatles section was kind of a combination of some old and some new stuff. But in the middle, there was a section which was almost completely new, it looked like to me. Okay. I couldn't remember. Did they have that photograph of the Beatles from 1960 with Pete Best last time? Yeah. The show started, Paul came on, the opening song was Hard Day's Night. This is one of the two alternating spots he has in this version of the show. On the 14th, he played Can't Buy Me Love as the opener. Okay. So we didn't get Can't Buy Me Love. Nope. He didn't play it later? Can't Buy Me Love? Nope. His voice was a little bit warbly for the opening number. He was trusting on the support he was getting from the other folks.
the support is good. Abe can help him out. Yeah, and and he does a great job at it, I might add. It's particularly noticeable on his part, believe it or not. He sings the Lennon part better, but when he gets to that when I'm home, he was having a little bit of trouble. Yeah. I can see versus the last time I saw him, he's modulating his vocals a little bit better. He's keeping this tonage down. He definitely took some advice or possibly even some vocal coaching over COVID. This is maybe not quite as good vocally as it was last year. I thought it was really pretty good vocally last year on this tour. Uh, Same here. You know, I thought that was the best his voice has sounded in several years. This one is maybe not quite as good as last year, but it's not bad. Like you say, he, he had a couple of warbly spots. He had just performed, what, two days? Maybe he needs a f- couple of more cushion dates there before he performs again, like maybe three days rest. We got to remember, this was not originally scheduled as part of the tour. It's only yeah, because yeah, the 14th yeah. sold out so fast that... We got to see him. Well, A, that we got to see him, and B, that the show even happened. Yeah. What's on the screen, the main screen behind him, was a little bit different. It, it was like bright splashes of yellow paint, which before they just kind of had scenes from the movie in there. At least from my vantage point, it was kind of hard to see that back screen. We were several seats away from each other. I was more outside the perimeter of the stage. Have a look at the video. You can actually see the screen behind Paul most of the time. Yeah, our seats were good. Uh, not the best, but they were pretty good. We were off to the side. Lonnie was further right because for whatever reason, they would not sell me two seats together. Yeah, but we were on the floor. Overall, we really had good seats, just not center. We were about 20 rows back from the left-hand screen, the Paul side screen. The screen was almost directly in front of me. You were slightly angled to it. Yeah. I mean, we weren't that far apart. We were only the space of 19 seats apart. I look over. I could see you, Ed, clapping away. (laughs) (laughs) So Hard Day's Night went into Junior's Farm. to hear that a little rough vocals but it's a good song i was really happy he played that song rusty's uh, guitar playing it just keeps getting better and better oh it's phenomenal and for our friend out there it is take me down junior he says the jimmy mcculloch fan who keeps insisting that paul's still saying take me down jimmy it is not he's it's not okay take me down junior okay you can very clearly hear it on the recording is that the official lyric? Jimmy is the <laughs> lyric that he sang on the record, so. Okay. Take me down, Jimmy. Because obviously there is no more Jimmy. Well, both literally and figuratively. He's converted that to Take Me Down, Junior. This was the first time that we saw that Wicks was wearing sunglasses, and he wore them most of the night, and we don't know why. You know, the spotlight. The bright lights. and the bright lights. Something different we haven't seen before. Uh, you notice everything, Ed. <laughs> That's good, though. That's a good eye. Here we go. So, so Paul makes his first introduction in Spanish. Hola, Mexico. Bienvenidos, amigos. Oh, and the crowd just went wild. That was a very energetic crowd, I might add. It very. blows away any crowd I've seen him with in the United States. Very enthusiastic. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. 
They really, really got into it. Everyone there. When it came time to put up their phones, I can now verify that. Again, you look at the video, you see the folks in the cheap seats. They are holding up their phones. So all those lights were people holding up their phones. You see the lights during Let It Be, and you'll see the lights during another song, which kind of surprised me. Uh, We were trying to figure out what it was. I mean, it is literally 40, 50% of the stadium. And it illuminates the stadium. Pretty amazing. You refer to a video, but what you're talking about is a a YouTube. There is a fan shot video of the whole show, which is available on YouTube. Get it while it lasts, folks. It may be gone soon. There's a two and a half hour YouTube out there. That is then followed by letting go, talking about the audience. You know, Americans can't clap correctly. They always get on the on beat instead of the back beat. This crowd, they were actually clapping correctly. I was impressed by that. Yeah, they know how to clap. This is the first time we saw the Hot City Horns. In other shows, they were kind of uh, in the crowd. Here they were in what looked like the announcer's box. Yeah, they were in a level out stage left, further up, like lower level. Yeah, on the rusty side. They were jamming for sure. But I think the fans in that section, when the horns appeared, they were not expecting the horn section behind them. So They hadn't watched <laughs> the videos. So. No, so they were really surprised, and they got into it. And Letting Go is a great song. He had a good vocal. Paul's voice was starting to warm up. It took him a couple songs to really start to get into it. The middle part and into the end of the show, his voice is actually really fairly strong on the same level as last year, I would say. Yeah, I agree with you. So the next song is an old song. It's, it's She's a Woman. It's the one new song that I haven't seen Paul play before. You know, I've seen Paul play, it's coming up on like a couple of hundred different songs believe it or not never played that one before that you see i have not seen it before he he hadn't played it in soundcheck and he's actually never played it in north america so okay so that was my first time seeing it too the last time he played it was like in 2004 on the european leg and it had disappeared by the time he came to the states so it is back pretty good vocally it's a little bit rough He had to get some backup there, but I don't think he had uh, until he got into the chorus. I guess he wasn't looking down at his teleprompter because he he did screw up the lyrics at one point. I think he went into (laughs) the wrong verse, but he, he got back on pretty quickly. You know what I noticed? He doesn't wear his ear plugs, does he? To hear the sound. Someone on the internet had 
a bunch of photos throughout the show. The only time he wears his IEMs, the inner ear monitors, is during Live and Let Die. That's uh, unusual because nowadays most musicians use them to hear themselves, you know, and to hear everything else. They have their own mix. You have your special mix in those earplugs. So I guess Paul just doesn't like them or something. That's old school, man. <laughs> and of course, he's going to wear them during Live and Let Die because I'm sure they're noise canceling as well. You know, we'll talk about it later, but there's a lot of noise during that song. Okay, she's the one that was followed by Got to Get You Into My Life, The Horns. Great. His voice was starting to come back around again. Yeah, he was getting warmer and warmer, and it was getting better. Got to admit it's getting better. It's a new song. Come on to me. Yeah, the ca- the crowd kind of died down on this a bit. It's still better than in the States. It wasn't like a mass exodus to the bathroom. No, it wasn't. And in the States, there are a couple songs where you know the people will just get up and go off and have a smoke or something. I'm gauging that on. There was a young person in front of me, like probably 15, sitting in front of me. He was miming every lyric to all the songs. And except for that one, Come On to Me, he didn't know it, so he wasn't miming it. But <laughs> all the other songs, he knew every word. It, it was awesome. This was actually probably a crowd that was a little bit younger than we are. It's parents and their kids, but I would say the average age is still a little bit older than us most of the time here in the States. For Mexico City, it was probably a good five to ten years younger than we are. Yeah, I agree with that. A lot more of teens and 20s than you normally get in the United States. So It's good to see the younger crowd coming out. During Come On To Me, the horns are now on the stage, so they've made their way down. <laughs> That's not that long to grab your horn and uh, I know. get down I to know. the stage. They, I guess they have an elevator right there, and that may be why they selected that spot. They probably had an escort, like we had an escort to our seats. We will describe that maybe towards the end of the show if we still <laughs> okay. have uh, some time. But here's where Paul removed his coat, and, and he had a little trouble removing his coat. Yeah, this was the one wardrobe change. He that he does. Although he did not announce it as such. No, he did. Not this time. In the States, it's always, this is my one and only wardrobe change for the show. Yeah, he didn't have any help, so it took him a little longer. It stuck on his <laughs> left arm. <laughs> then when he finally got it off, he did a little bullfighting move with his coat. <laughs> and he shut off the lining. It's a really kind of a neat looking lining. Yeah, I'm sure that's yeah. something that came from his daughter. Yeah, and the crowd loved it, of course. Then into uh, Let Me Roll It and Foxy Lady.
He mentions Jimi Hendrix in English. He did not mention it in Spanish, but he did not tell his story. He always tells about Eric Clapton and the whammy bar. Too much Spanish for him to have to learn or read off the teleprompter, I guess. He spoke English a lot, obviously. It's about half and half, I would say. Yeah. There was a bit more Spanish speaking than I thought it would be. Of course, being in Mexico, you know. We always do that bit on the end as a tribute to the late great Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. I love you, Bob! I love you too! Yeah. Well, I met Jimi in the 60s, a lovely man. And uh, he did a cover of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And it was beautiful, and we love him for it. People can use Google Translate. He just has to remember and, ch- and look at his notes. I would bet if we looked at the teleprompter that it's all in there in the teleprompter. Yeah, phonetically. <laughs> maybe not phonetically, but, well, but maybe phonetically. Maybe, I mean, you know, yeah. as, as I say, he Paul did take some Spanish long ago and far away. Absolutely. That then goes into getting better. Getting better is followed by the crowd is really starting to chant. Paul, 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 Paul. They love him. They, they love oh, him they so do. much. They do, I mean, absolutely. It was a charge. They, it was energetic, as we mentioned before, but I think that was giving Paul a big charge. You could see he was bouncing off the crowd. He was having probably more fun than he has had in a fair bit, other than, well, maybe the other night in Mexico yes, City. But. It was apparent. He was having a blast. And Brian Ray absolutely love that crowd you know he's posted lots of photos yeah. of that stadium and he and in every one he's commented on how great the crowd was and i agree it's just a really wonderful crowd the weather was perfect it was a perfect night we didn't have to worry about rain it wasn't too cold and it wasn't too hot just right all right so that was followed by let him in and this is the song that i spoke of earlier the mexicans the they love this song Oh, yeah. I was surprised. Most of those songs from that 74, 75, 76 era, they were really getting into. That was an era that they knew. That must be the older folks out there, right? But this one in particular, <laughs> the lights were as lit up as they would be during Let It Be later in the evening. For a solo wing song, it's like, wow, I appreciate that. Then into My Valentine, and you know, a couple people go off and take their bathroom break, but not nearly <laughs> as many as you do in the States. Yeah. yeah. He had a good voice on that. He sounded really good on that song. Escribi esta canción para mi esposa hermosa. 
Nancy. Ella está entre ustedes esta noche. Nancy was in the crowd and and he announces Nancy as being there. She was somewhere pretty close in front of him because he kept looking. And he called out to her a little bit later. So, you know, normally they will throw the camera on and just make a quick shot of her. And they didn't do that here. Was um, Olivia Harrison also there that night or maybe Tuesday night? I think it was Tuesday night. Okay. Because I saw a picture somewhere posted that looked like her. Yeah. She's got family there still. And that went into uh, 1985, 1985. Not the greatest vocal, but Paul has a little bit of grit in his voice, and that's actually not a bad thing. It requires a lot of high vocals in some areas. But he got through it. Like you said, a little rough, but he got through it. actually rocks a little bit more it's not bad this was then the first time that paul really got into it with the crowd the the crowds started their chanting up again and <laughs> and it turned into the ole 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 chant ole 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 see paul see paul i love it so paul was there at the piano and, and he just sort of starts to vamp along with it <laughs> clearly didn't know the tune but he he kind of figured out enough to be able to play something right and he does a great job at it too okay then into maybe i'm amazed pretty good probably on par with the way he was singing it last year he doesn't go nearly as high as he has in previous years but he's found little ways around it to still make it sound like the record there's got to be a workaround for him especially for songs like that i think now he's taken advantage of that workaround so that he won't strain his voice and this song is like what in the middle before halfway through the show yeah roughly so you don't want to strain your voice paul you don't want to stop singing like Roger Daltrey does, <laughs> and he just walks off the stage. 
Yeah, don't do that. I think he's learned to modulate his voice a little bit better. Then Paul makes a comment in Spanish, which I'm not sure what he's trying to say. Ustedes son una bola de locos. This is a crazy ball. Son los mejores. Son una bola de locos. I think he's trying to say that the audience is crazy. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah, like this Mexican audience, y'all local, you know, <laughs> y'all crazy, because they're so, you know, energetic. They were going and having lots of fun through Maybe I'm Amazed. Yeah. Again, I don't know what he was trying to say, but that's what I got out of it when I heard it at the time. Whatever he was trying to say, <laughs> uh, it did get a laugh from the crowd, yeah. <laughs> so they clearly understood what he was trying to say. We didn't. <laughs> Then and I've just seen a face. I'm glad he's playing that again. Yeah, I love it. A really great performance. Yeah, uh, he did good on it. Here is where he's really starting to strengthen his vocals a little bit. Yeah. Maybe doing Maybe I'm Amazed energized them a little bit. No, the crowd energized him, Ed. The crowd. The local crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly with the vocals. Mm-hmm. You know, he seems to be really yeah, getting absolutely. back into it here. And he seems to be having less trouble, less strain on his voice as the evening is going on. They're in acoustics now, so they're playing their acoustic guitars. So They move on to the shack set, as I have referred to it in the past. Yeah, that hasn't changed. <laughs> Taking you back through the mists of time, which he announced in English. Abe has his little drum set set up behind him, you know. His one snare. <laughs> his one snare and his little cymbal, whatever he has. <laughs> Hi-hat. And Paul tries to say something in Spanish, but he just kind of gives up. <laughs> Give him an A for effort. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Never mind. Here's the song. <laughs> In spite of all the danger, crowd really gets into the woes. He gets them there too. Yeah, he, he gets them there, but the crowd also recognizes what's going on. It's like, oh wow, that's really cool. Yeah into love me do where he neither mentions now and then nor the george martin story he, he gives kudos to george martin but he doesn't mention the uh, oh he had me switch and you can hear the nerves maybe he wants to forget that and in this remix you really can hear the nerves in paul's voice i'm a somewhat surprised he didn't promote now and then at all but maybe he didn't want to mention it because then he has to play it maybe a little bit less from where we were sitting but from the video the crowd almost drowns out paul yeah, they were singing along. They know all the words and they're singing along. I mean, you know, granted, Love Me Do is not that hard a song to sing along to, but it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, they were doing it. A little kid in front of me knew everything, knew all the words. Then Dance Tonight, where Abe does his little dance. He, he does a sprinkler dance. The and- sprinkler, yeah, that was pretty cool. Everybody gonna feel 
So after Dan tonight, while he's changing out guitars, one of his people brings him a thermos and he takes one long sip of water and that's it. Then that goes into Blackbird, uh, the usual bit. Paul stands on the rising stage and the stage rises up. The rest of the band has departed the stage for just a little bit. Right, and he's doing a little solo thing up there. Thank goodness there's a somewhat of a guardrail. There's such a lack of guardrails in that city. <laughs> That is Lonnie's statement for the <laughs> officials of Mexico City. Get your safety standards up to par. Guardrails and handrails. Handrails, ladders which are busted. There were any number of things which could have potentially hurt someone pretty badly if the, there were an incident. Just looking at this stuff here, I am, you know, not working, but <laughs> trying not to work and noticing all these infractions. <laughs> The Blackbird goes into here today. It's nice. He, he announces that this was written for Mi Hermano, Mi Amigo, John. He was calling John his brother, and that's like, he doesn't even do that in English. And that's really pretty cool. Yeah, that was really nice. I noticed that. He doesn't normally say that. So that was followed by here today. His voice is not cracking on it nearly as much as it usually does. Martin has said that he thinks it's actually probably better with his old voice than it was back on Tug of War because it gives a little bit more pathos to the song. Yeah, I agree with that. Then into new... I'm kind of glad that he's keeping new in the set. This is one of the ones from recent years that I really like, and it works so well on the Magic Piano. Yeah, it was a good one. The crowd, as always, they got into this one as well. Muchas gracias. Viva Mexico. Yeah, that's what he said. (laughs) Then the Lady Madonna, and the crowd does it again. The ole, ole, ole bit. And Paul also joins in. He's on bass now, so... Yeah. Excellent. Come on, baby, now. Let me look at you. Don't 
Yeah, this is where I was saying that the the crowd was motivating Paul because he went into a little jam. He really wasn't interacting so much with the crowd on the piano. Here he actually bounced back and forth with the crowd a little bit. You'll see it if you look at the video. It was like just a quick five second, ten second thing. And then he ends it with, oh yeah, excellent. He was definitely enjoying himself. He was having a good time. He loved the response. Definitely. Okay, then into Fayou. While I don't think it's necessarily any of our favorite songs in this set, it's fine. The crowd still loved it. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I I could think of about 100 different songs he could have played instead of that one. But yeah, it was good. Kind of wish Women and Wives had come back or or you done Ooh, something yeah. from McCartney 3 instead of just bringing back For You. I mean, he likes that song. Evidently, he does. <laughs> I think he really likes that fake out ending as well. Yeah. Okay, then that goes into uh, You Never Give Me Your Money and She Came In Through the Bathroom Window. You Never Give yeah. Me Your Money starts at the Out of College Money Spent. So he's calling the song College now. College. That's kind of a weird beginning, though. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I like it the way he starts. It's a weird place to be starting, and it's kind of weird to just do that little bit of the medley. I mean, even yeah. though he does the rest of it, or most of the rest of it, at the end of the night, it's like, yeah, okay. But, you know, he started doing that last year? Well, he did it last year. He'd done it, like, 2014, 2015, when he used to do the joke lyrics. Okay. Uh, I don't really remember the words. I don't think I'm going to learn the words by the end of the tour. But, oh, that, you know, so... He's done these two together before. In this iteration, the straight version without the joke lyrics, yeah, he brought it back last year. Yeah, okay. Jet, I'm so glad that Jet is back in the set proper. Yeah. It was a sound check song for the longest time. And, you know, it's been in and out of the set. And normally it's kind of an up toward the opening part of the set. Here he's actually kind of got it uh, towards the middle and the end, which it fits very well. I think he kind of wanted a rocker because 
as we have mentioned, he took back in the USSR out of the set. It's a good horn song. And it harkens back to Wings Over America. Takes me back. And you had the green lasers. Again, you look at the video. Those look really cool from the back of the audience. Yeah, they bounce them off all the way to the back of the stadium. It's, it's really a cool effect. Then being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, I kind of would like to see him replace this with something else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not because I don't like Kite, but he's done it. I think he's overdone it now. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Time you know, to replace it, Paul. It's been five or six years. He could put something else in there. You know, I still want him to put Martha My Dear in the set. Oh, yeah. He hasn't done that. That's one of the songs he's never done live. But this is a, somewhat of a tribute to John, would you think? Only sort of. Wasn't he doing Strawberry Fields a long time ago? A right? long, what he did was he did a medley. Yeah. Uh, he did Help Strawberry Fields and Get Peace a Chance. That's been since the... Well, that was 89, 90, something. I think he did it a couple times there, and he did it a couple times in the 92, 93. Yeah. But he well, hasn't done it since yeah, then. Yeah, I think it's time to move on with Kite. <laughs> the, the ukulele comes out. Dedico of the amigo George. That's the canción Se la dedico a mi amigo George. So... A song dedicated to his good friend, George. That's a nice one. where he actually mentions nancy after he plays something thank you thank you george for writing that beautiful song we'd like you to sing with us and then he looks out and says are you ready nancy i you know maybe this is nancy's <laughs> favorite so. song to sing along and that's how song. close she was maybe in the front row somewhere so it goes into oblidioba da <laughs> There's a sign that actually made it on the screen. Mexico te ama. Mexico loves you. That was fun. We're getting towards the very end of the set proper now. Band on the run.
into the mix on the video they've got brian ray's acoustic just really cranked up in the mix and it sounds really good good and again this is one that those mid 70s songs a crowd was just going wild definitely on this song then he, he talks a little bit about peter jackson okay so peter jackson did uh to get back the Beatles series And these images you see on the screen behind, he made. He mentions that Peter Jackson did get back, and he mentions that Peter Jackson also put together this video, which is going to play behind them as they do get back. This is pretty much the same as what they did last time. Although, again, the crowd response to this amped it up a level. This whole concert was amped up quite a bit. This crowd is better than any single crowd that I've seen them at in the United States. And between the two of us, we've seen a bunch of different McCartney crowds. Definitely. Then to let it be another big sing-along. We got a bunch of people hitting their phones for random songs throughout the night. But Let Them In and Let It Be are the two where you got half the stadium, roughly, lighting up their phones. Yeah, it was beautiful. We were on the floor and just looking around with the, those lights everywhere. It's pretty amazing. then Let It Be goes into To Live and Let It Die, the usual sorts of things. Although I think there may have been a bit more fireworks. It's an outdoor venue. It still doesn't compare with Candlestick Park because they let them do whatever they wanted to, but it was still a a lot of fireworks going off. They had some on stage, but you had them in the back going up pretty high up. So you have the flash pots. Brian had a photo which was taken from a drone, I believe, showing you just how high up those fireworks were going. Yeah, the crowd just went totally wild here. And goodness, it was loud. He had his earphones at that point, earbuds. This is the only song during the whole set where he puts in his, his IEMs, his inner-ear monitors. And what's funny is I now know his trick. <laughs> at the end of the song, after the last flash pots goes up, Paul makes the same move every show you know he puts his fingers 
into his ears. What he's doing is he's taking out his IEMs. That's what he's doing. Okay. Now it makes sense. Is it really because it's that loud or what's the deal? And now after seeing these photographs, oh, he's taking out his monitors. I'm sure that's for noise attenuation as well. Sure. I agree with you. This noise canceling. They have to be. Yeah. And the other thing is, with all the popping going on, there's probably no way he could hear the stage monitors unless he had the IEMs in. So. And being up on the piano riser the way he is. So. Yeah, th- this piano seemed to be up a little bit higher than, you know, normally it's just like one or two steps. This seemed to be like four or five steps. No handrails. No handrails. <laughs> <laughs> he had handrails. <laughs> he did. I didn't see uh... <laughs> Eight, eight-year-old man has got and needs those handrails. He better have them there. <laughs> the, the show proper ends with with Hey Jude, great, wonderful. Solo los hombres. Hombres and the chicos. Chicos. Chicas. uh, Come on, muchachos. I like that. Uh, He was having a blast. And I tell you what, the crowd, as as we just stated, was they were so into it. After the na-na-na's all end, the way they called for the encore was once again the the ole, ole, ole song. Yeah, that was fun. Paul comes back on the stage. He has his array of flags. He he has the the gay pride flag, the the UK flag, and the Mexican flag. And, of course, that drew a very big uh, round of applause. Paul comes up, announces, uh, Cancion es muy especial para mí. Check it out! (laughs) Kidding us? Okay, this canción is muy especial para mí. Check it out.
this is a very special song to me. It's John singing long vocal version of I've Got a Feeling. Yeah, that was nice. I'm glad they put it up on the bigger screen because initially it was in the back, which was hard to see. I think they may have cleaned up the video a little bit and the audio too since last year. Yeah, maybe so. Looked really good. In Orlando, John's vocal was still kind of a little bit garbled. Here it was crystal clear. He did a good job on that song. They may have gone back and a little bit more work with Mal to get John's vocal a little bit cleaner, a little bit better. I think you may be right there. The video also looks a little bit better than it did last year. It was ever so slightly unnatural last time. And now it's actually a very clean video of John singing. And then Paul comes off telling the crowd, it's beautiful for me because with that technology, I'm singing with John again. That's a really nice tribute. It comes over very well. It's not... Oh, no, it's not like he is uh, hamming it up or it's not like he is putting on airs. I think this is all genuine. Yeah, it looks really good. He actually seemed to be interacting with the crowd more than just sort of going through the motions. Sometimes it's clear that he's just kind of going through the motions, not in his singing or his performing, but in the between songs patter. Okay, I've got to say this. And again, maybe the fact that he's doing at least half of these introductions in Spanish made him pay a little bit more attention to Right, him. that's what I'm thinking. That went into Sar standing there, which is the first time he's done that in a while. Want some more? Okay, we go then. This is the other alternating spot. On the 14th, he did Birthday. I'm glad we got to see the Sar Standing There show. Yeah. How many times have we seen Paul do Birthday? Well, plenty. Good a number of times. Well, this is for anybody in the house who has a birthday <laughs> this year. But the vocal, I wasn't expecting Paul to sound this good. And he was rocking out. Yeah, it sounded really good. You look at the video while Paul is playing, he is right back there to Beatle Paul. He's just bobbing along and shaking his head. And he hasn't aged a day since 1964. Oh, man, that's essentially why he's doing this. That's just why he's still performing. He doesn't need to. At all. He's performing for the crew. <laughs> he's performing for the audience. He's, he's performing for himself. He doesn't need the money, obviously. And both of us had heard rumors that uh, last time was going to be his last show, that he wasn't going to do any more tours after the last tour of the States last year. And I think part of it is certainly that Glastonbury went off so well. But it, uh, it, Yeah, okay. But I also think part of it is just the fact that Paul enjoys it so much. He's too young to give it up. It's only 81. The encore continues. The Pepper reprise. It seems like he may have slightly shortened it a bit, but it, it rocks. Yeah. 
Of course, this is the part of the show where you know it's towards the end. Everything is coming to an end, folks. It's getting very near the end. Then he goes into Helter Skelter, which, again, the typical performance is really good. He may be rocking a little harder on that as well, I think. I tell you why, there's a lot of flashing lights. <laughs> so if you're sensitive to lights, close your eyes. No lightning this time. No lightning. Not like Orlando where we got the lightning during Helter Skelter. Okay. Then Paul says something. I know what he's saying, but it's another one where I'm not quite sure what he's trying to say. And It's his usual patter at the end of the evening. Okay. Muchas gracias. Es hora de irnos. Ahora nos tenemos que ir. Nos tenemos que ir. But you know, to bring you a show like this, we got some great people we want to tell y'all about. On the sound, we got Pablo. Let's hear for him. On the lights, we got Wally. We got Foley back. Let's hear it for the best equipo del mundo. <laughs> y mi fantástica banda. Yeah. Rusty, A, Wixie, and the Hot City Holmes. And most of all, we want to thank you. Muchas gracias a todos ustedes. All right, thank you for coming. Once there was a way for us to finish it's the time for you us to go home and that just so happens to be the time for you to go home and in spanish he says es hora de años i i, I don't know what he's trying to say there yeah i don't either <laughs> i guess it's it's the end of the evening is it yeah, would be a, yeah. would be a translation but possibly either i i don't understand what he said or he mispronounced what he's trying to say probably that's probably the case. Yeah, then he introduces the band, Mi Fantastica Banda, Abe Wicks, Brian, and Rusty. We want to thank you, and, and it goes into the end of the Abbey Road medley. Golden Slubbers carry that weight in the end. Yeah, and all good things must come to an end. So the show ends. All in all, I think it is maybe just a very small notch below last year, but it's still among the better shows. But it is certainly one of the more fun shows that I think I've been to. Yeah, same here. Well, you know, first time I'm seeing a show out of the country and the crowd was different. 
than I've ever experienced. The next time he does a Liverpool show, maybe you and I should go over and do the Liverpool show. I'd love to do that. At the end of the night, he does indeed say, see you next time. People were taking that as a clue that he was not coming back. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so uh, nos vemos pronto. We'll see you next time. I think he's going to do the States next year. I certainly hope so. That's kind of my feeling. He's going to do at least a small tour like he did last year next year. I also think he's going to do at least one more UK run. If he does end up doing like a a Liverpool show, that would be really cool. And and maybe we can try and find a way to to make our way across the pond for that. Yeah. So what do you think? Uh, Do you think he can go on? I mean, he's 81. I mean, he can go on. Would he be doing this at 85, at 88? At 85, I can't see him doing regular touring like this. I could see him doing a dozen shows a year, maybe. Yeah, like maybe some one-offs here and there. If he does a Vegas residency, I could see him go for three months and play two shows a week. Yeah, but I can't see him doing a show every other day. Not for too much longer. I think he could keep up his current pace, which is six months where he's playing maybe 25 shows, then take half a year off. I could see him doing that for another two or three years. I mean, you know, like, lest we forget, Ringo is two years older and he is still. <laughs> yeah, I can't see Ringo slowing down. And like we say, he has already announced that he's, he's certainly doing Mexico City in 2024, yeah. but he's not going to do just Mexico City. You know, there will obviously be a tour around that. So yeah. he, he's going to go out for four to six weeks yeah. next summer. And he can do that. I mean, he's not solo. He has the other band members and they're playing their songs. Well, and I mean, that's yeah. something that, that we've kind of hypothesized about in the past here yeah. is that, you know, maybe Paul and Ringo will get together and do a Paul and Ringo show. Not a Beatles show, do a Paul and Ringo yeah. show yeah. like the Elton and Billy Joel shows of Days Gone By. That'd be a you good know, one for Vegas. They each have their own bands. Yeah. So they each play one set and then they play a third set where you got the both of them and you got all the members of both of their bands together. Yeah, that would be a good one. That is Mexico City. and. I'll get together with one of these guys and we will start our look at the remixes of the Red Album. As mentioned, everything up through the Revolver stuff is brand new mixes. As we kind of said about the Blue Album, some of them we like better. Some of them are about the same, but for sure, all of them are different and unique. They are. Certainly are. That is our show for this week. Uh, No more Spanish after this week, we promise. No more Ed saying, we're going to Mexico City. (laughs) (laughs) Although it is time to start talking about Chicago. The Fest for Beatles fans in August of 2024. Got my arm twisted there. I may be going. (laughs) I may be going. (laughs) We will continue our discussion on that in another show. (laughs) Not next week, probably (laughs) some point in the not too distant future. That's right. Good deal. Everybody have a good time. We hope you had a good Thanksgiving because you're getting this just after Thanksgiving. And go out and buy the Red and Blue albums and buy now and then. Uh, Everybody needs a copy of that for Christmas. And don't forget your leftovers, folks. (laughs) All right. Talk to you all soon. Be safe. Subscribe to When They Was Fab on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever finer podcasts are found. Please join our Facebook group, and we could be reached 
at when they was fab and on gmail the opening theme was written produced and recorded by jay young kim beaster famine studios san francisco california Okay, okay, okay. I heard you. I'm coming to Brazil. See you there. I tell you one thing, there's sickness going on and there's some good people doing work in hospitals. But they got no bread to do it on. Not only are they working in a miserable condition with sick people, but they're, they're scraping the barrel for funds to keep going. Turned up nice again. <laughs>